0: is with my good friend Jason Luchka. Jason is the bassist and multi-instrumentalist for both the astonishingly great Deathcrawl and equally good Supercorrupter. Uh, Jason is also responsible for the concept art, photography, drawings, cover art, posters for their gigs for both bands. Uh, in addition to that, he has been doing poster art for his friends' bands locally for quite some time. Uh, Jason is probably best known for his time as the program director at V-Rock, which was a Streetsboro radio station that was uh, unabashedly metal and profoundly influential uh, in the area on local musicians. Uh, Jason's also a dad of two and a husband. Uh, He's an incorrigible gear junkie uh, and an incredibly verbose individual, much like myself. So this conversation (laughs) runs a bit long. Uh, It's well worth it. We cover a lot of ground and it was a lot of fun. So I hope you enjoy listening as much as uh, we enjoyed having the conversation. So your list here, you've got um, a pretty wide range of bands of the ones that I do know. Okay. Um, why don't you go ahead and um, you just just start wherever you want to start. I mean, because I mean, we could really go anywhere with any of these. There, there are two that, s- three that seem, um, maybe not related, but I mean. They're adjacent to each other.
1: Um, yeah. But
0: why don't you talk about the first – actually, here's what you could do. Um, Let me just
1: go in, uh, like, chronological order of, of what kind of made me who I am in a way.
0: Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do that would, would that, that work? I, you know, when I've talked to other folks, we've done it a couple different ways. But why don't you go ahead and do that? I mean, what did you come to first on this list?
1: Okay. So, so the first – I should say the earliest record on my list was Clutch Self-Titled. Mm-hmm. Um so I had I had known about clutch beforehand but I didn't really realize it. My my brother was one of the early DJs at at um V Rock in Streetsboro and he made a mixtape that he shared with me.
0: And, and V-Rock had, was that was the radio station that you were the program director at, correct?
1: Later on, yeah, so like 96 97, okay. I was program director. He was a DJ uh, 92, 93. And he brought home this mixtape, and it had um, Helmet, it had Guar, um, probably like Exodus, Slayer, you know, the, the usuals. And then there was also this song on there called Juggernaut by a band called Clutch. And I, I keyed in on that song right away. I It's ridiculously simple, but it was super powerful. Um, I loved the, the, the groove of it, the riff of it. The, the hook of the song comes from uh, Aldous Huxley book. So I was just like, this is, this is cool. You mean but lyrical, I mean
0: the lyrical hook?
1: Yeah, yeah. Orgy Porgy, Ford and Fun, Kiss the Girls, Make Them One. That's from uh, Brave New World. Gotcha. So, I was like, this is a really cool tune. Didn't know anything else by Clutch. I was, was probably in eighth grade at the time. Well, you know, fast forward to 90, 95, 96, and Spacegrass is the biggest song on V-Rock. It's getting requested multiple times an hour. Like, people just love the song. And I start, becoming a, um, I start doing my DJ shifts. And I, I just, I get tired of playing Spacegrass all the time. It's like there's, we'll have 10 other songs on this record or whatever, right? What record right? is
0: Spacegrass on?
1: It's, it's on self-titled.
0: Got it, okay.
1: Yeah, so there's there's 13 songs on there, sorry. And the, uh, the computer system the radio station used had all 13 tracks um, queued as playable, because it's clean. You can play every single track on there. So I would just start ignoring people when they'd call and say, hey, I want to hear Spacegrass," And I'd say, all right, well, tonight I'm playing uh, animal farm tonight. I'm playing big news one. And then I had the realization looking in the computer screen one night. Oh yeah, this is that band that did juggernaut. Nah. Um, so then I started digging back into like transnational speedway league and and whatnot but the reason that i put self-titled on there is that prior to really getting into that record um i was mostly like an industrial metal kind of guy i listened to like a lot of kmfdm Uh bile skinny puppy
0: I've heard, <sighs> Too Dark Park. I don't know how many times, and there was one, the one just prior to that. Fuck. I mean, and you know, there's nothing really wrong with it, but it, it's not my, it's not my lane. and sure. And that that's a hell of a band i have to sit through if that's not right. what you're really into right that's like taking god flesh to a fucking church social and saying here <laughs> listen to this for a while yeah you know, i mean and i love god flesh don't so i'm not yeah, yeah disparaging I get it. them at all but yeah so i'm sorry so you're listening yeah, to kmfdm so, and skinny puppy and
1: yeah i mean it was it was heavy bile, bile i love bile still love yeah. bile but um You know, that was like where my my, my fledgling steps out onto my own musical taste out from underneath my parents' umbrella. I gravitated towards that stuff.
0: Were you listening Um, to a lot of classic rock prior to that? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, Streetsboro is definitely a a classic rock town. Like Um, classic rock
0: radio or classic rock
1: albums? Like from your family? Well, well, my parents were were huge into Beatles, Stones, who... Mm -hmm. um, My mom was in like Black Oak, Arkansas and stuff like that, too. But they didn't really listen to albums at home. They, they worked. They were too busy to listen to music. So yeah. it was mostly driving around in cars and maybe listening to the, the occasional tape. Right. But yeah, so in any, in any sense, or in any case, um, like I really got into that Clutch record. Right off the bat, becoming program director, they went on tour and I got to meet them on their bus. That was a really cool experience. So like all these things sort of just landed at once right and like this record had some of those classic brock elements to it yeah you know um it's got a weird sound it's almost lo-fi but it's not and i loved the the bass tone and and actually dan main's bass playing on that record made me eventually pick up a bass
0: you hadn't been playing prior
1: i hadn't hadn't been playing um I didn't buy a bass till I was 18, like a, when I moved away to college.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. But, go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was gonna say the other key aspect of the record was um, Neil Fallon's lyrics. I I just I loved them. It's one of the few records that I've ever known every word to. Like, you know, at one point I could sing the whole record, you know, start mm-hmm. to finish, and I mean, I can't anymore because yeah. I haven't. I don't. I don't sit with it enough. But you know, at one point, I I, sure I, I knew it, all the you, words.
0: I'm sure if you played it, you, they
1: they would come to. you. <sighs> I'm really bad with lyrics. Ask my wife. But okay. like, but Fallon's use of humor and science fiction and pop culture, like, I just I, I thought it was really really unique compared to most of the other lyrical trash I'd experienced by then. I mean, let's yeah. face it, came FDM's not writing anything great. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it, it serves its purpose, but it, it's not making you think much. Um, half the stuff I was listening to was just indecipherable because it was so distorted or it was just buried in angst, like bile, you know, just, just rotten, hateful stuff. Um, so to hear this, this, this guy, this, this scrawny, skinny little dude barking out these crazy stories um, really, really impressed me and definitely he played a role in all of the early lyrics I tried writing for probably at least a decade when, once I you know, started writing songs.
0: That's one thing about them. I always, um, I'm not a huge fan. I'm, I'm more of a songster. Like the songs I like, I really like a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, contrary to most of my friends' opinions, that happen to like that band, I like their. Well, it's not that recent now, but I like their more recent bluesy records. Honestly,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I mean, I think that they're able to sort of fuck around in that rock area and play those bluesier songs and it, it it works you know there are a lot of bands sure trying to do that and it doesn't really work particularly like your so-called quote-unquote stoner bands it just sound, it doesn't sound bluesy it just sounds like dudes aping some bad blues licks sure and, well not bad blues licks but they're aping they're they're doing they're doing something that you can't just say oh that's simple to play i'll just play that you know the guy. The guys in Clutch seem to sort of have a good grasp on what it's, how you play that kind of music. You know? Yeah. And um, even on the songs I don't like, I always, I mean, at first his lyrics were a bit of a put off because you know at the time you know there was Primus, right? Yeah. A- and they're not the same, right? But there, no, there's, but there's less a weird tell stories as well. A, yeah. Yeah. There's a weirdo element to it that I was just like uh man kind of fuck this you know i mean it just mm-hmm. you know but then i uh, my cousin purchased elephant riders and we were listening to it on the way home from the record store when it came out and i was like okay i can get yeah. down with this because it was like th- it, then it stopped being about the actual lyrics and the way he metered them yeah the, the placement and the way he would um Uses his voice to uh voice one or more characters even though it wasn't explicit that that's what he was doing mm-hmm. in a way he sort of created um fuck yeah i'm gonna say he created drama with yeah. how with how he wrote the lyrics and and the juxtaposition between all that hard work right
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the work he put in actually writing them so that, that there was an actual story with the actual absurdity and silliness of what he was writing about. Yeah, I was like, okay, I get it, I get it. Yeah, and and, and I'm not like I said, I'm not yeah. I'm nowhere near a super fan, but I do appreciate, admire them, and, and uh their drummer whose name escapes me right now,
1: John Paul Gaster.
0: He's a good drummer. Yeah, I like his drumming. He played on Wino's solo mm-hmm. record. I mean, aren't yep. all aren't all the records at on solo records really? <laughs> but I mean, the one, uh, uh, the one with his name on it, yeah. Yeah, he played on that record, and his drumming's great on that too. So yeah,
1: you can tell that he he lives it. They all do. I mean, that's yeah. been their their livelihood for a long time now, and I just you know I'm not a big fan of of Beale Street and Strange Cousins from the West, which are the the newer kind of bluesy records, mm-hmm. um, but more so. Actually, like, I, I didn't like those records because Neil felt tired. Like, the, the lyrical spark was still there, but I, I just, like, there was something about his delivery. It just, it felt phoned in a bit. And and I remember seeing that Beale Street tour, and I was like, these guys don't care. And that was the last tour I went to. Um, yeah. And then they went out on the road with, I think, Motorhead, and maybe Iron Maiden or somebody, and they got a good kick in the butt, and they came out and did Earth Rocker, and You're I. have are fucking playing Motorhead, you better. Yeah, and I, it. I was like, all right, I'm gonna listen to Earth Rocker, and if I don't like it, maybe they've moved away from me, and that's okay. They've grown into a different direction, and I, I dug Earth Rocker, and I dug uh, Psychic Warfare, and I, and I even dug Book of Bad Decisions. So I'd still consider myself a, a big fan of of Clutch, and. You know, it all goes back to self-titled, really. Um, I guess if I had to pick a song off of of self-titled, as silly as it is, right now in the moment, I would say tight like that. fun story and i i like the bounce to it it's just it's just a good tune yeah, yeah i mean lots I of just, good memories seeing that live
0: i just pulled up uh my apple music because i have the songs that i like i actually like the song electric worry quite a yeah, bit that, and that, that's, that's, that's a good their, song that's their big hit uh, yeah that those, one's on
1: robot hive and I, robot hive's a great record yeah. too
0: uh those lyrics are not his for that song
1: yeah that um, was a, uh, a derivation wasn't it
0: yeah it's you know um was that robot hive i'm having no it was on beale
1: street it was on beale street okay
0: um it's a um you know a a lot of a lot of blues the best blues is from an oral tradition so Mm -hmm. you'll hear a lot of blues musicians um doing some of the uh same lyrical themes sometimes the same right. exact lyrics so sometimes pinning down who wrote what mm-hmm. is really hard um in the rock era that becomes problematic because they'll credit themselves <laughs> as having written it sure you no know, um so i like that song and that seemed to be like that was like a big hit wasn't it It was yeah, yeah it's been in
1: a lot of commercials and tv shows yeah yeah and but good the, for them i, I hope the they got regulator
0: paid. the regulator is a great fucking song yep um, yep
1: regulators my, good
0: my favorite song by them and again i'm i only like a handful of songs uh hoodoo operator is yep. my absolute favorite
1: clutch that's song. a good one that's um, a good one
0: those lyrics are
1: that's a deep cut kudos to you
0: well a buddy of mine played slow hold of china for me and yeah. that song stuck out like a sore thumb in a good way i was like okay this song's this song's great um, yeah those lyrics are very um informed by blues you know the whole notion of hoodoo mm-hmm. and um ties with uh voodoo culture and things like that yeah um you know and then there, there's a, a handful of tracks on um elephant riders that like like the title track ship of gold eight times over miss october those yep good songs um i yep. used to like a couple songs on pure pure rock fury but the more i listened to it the more i was like uh yeah this isn't very good
1: yeah that, yeah, that record was it, it suffered from millennial mastering issues the mix is bad yeah. and they had guest stars all over it um but there's still they, some good jams on it
0: they also do probably my favorite cover of precious and grace i know that uh who's that fuckhead um uh, the queens of the stone age dude oh homie yeah i think queens of the stone age covered
1: it okay and, i've never uh, heard their version
0: yeah fuck that band
1: i fuck, like them ah, i fuck like them. him fuck him in that band uh, <laughs> yeah, he's not my friend i i i still like a lot of their songs
0: no no and that's but, a
1: yeah, yeah that's
0: totally fine i just he just I just want
1: to... my, my brother's in the same boat as you it's he's like i like i like i like queens guy. i don't like josh homie
0: well i don't even like queens i i do like kaius though i mean oh though there are three of those records are fucking great you know yep. I, top bottom great records but that guy that guy likes the smell of his own farts and i fucking can't stand here i'm talking he can eat a dick yeah but yeah so yeah i mean so what would and I, I started rambling about songs I liked and really what's most important is you said tight like that yeah on that on that record
1: on yeah I mean I I love the whole record top down but again just in the moment I'd say tight like that I'll, I'll be walking around at the grocery store and the first few bars will just rant, run through my head yeah so yeah great tune
0: so after clutch on your list who did you come to next
1: the next was it, would have been was it neurosis somewhere.
0: okay so how t- was there any is there any relation or link between the two or that's just who was next who was up next
1: it would be the, the relation would be um, my job at the radio station okay so we we were um, we were given tickets from whoever was promoting integrity's humanity is the devil mm-hmm They put us on the guest list, whatever, to to Peabody's, and and it was Warzone, Dead and Gone, I Hate God, and Neurosis and Integrity, and I hadn't seen any of these bands yet.
0: That's a bizarre lineup.
1: It is. I think maybe two tours collided, and just kind of did that night together.
0: There are some bands on that list that I can see completely playing together um, because, in a lot of ways, all of those bands have very common backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um like it's not in my mind it's not too insane for a target to have played with Warzone. That's good. an odd bill yeah
1: <laughs> and you know we didn't know i mean i knew integrity because we played a ton of uh, systems overload stuff and a bunch of songs off of humanity's the devil but you know going there that night i walked away a fan of, of two bands one being dead and gone they blew me away um i, I love that band mm-hmm and probably the, the bigger musical influence, however, was Neurosis. Um, at the time, they still had Pete incorporated doing the visuals with the, the film projectors. I mean, eventually, they went all digital, but you know he was playing the you know Faces of Death videos and people getting blown up and killed and mutilated and animals being experimented on in in the background while these dudes are just laying a sonic bomb on, on the audience, um, it, it hits so hard again, seeing all the guys playing percussion, you know, they, they kind of got away from that too in later years, but, um, what's, uh, Steve Von Till and who's the other guy? Um, the other guitar player I can't remember his name, Dave something.
0: Uh,
1: no, uh, Edwards. Scott, Scott,
0: Is it Edwards, though?
1: That's the bass player. Okay. But anyway, like, the two guitar players would would have their uh, tom drums in the front, and they were just going insane. Everything was synchronized. And the bass player was standing in the middle of the stage. He had, like, a, a mug keyboard on a little table. He had his bass, and he was doing this just evil vocal. It was, like, just this guttural, ominous, like, just, yeah, evil, scary voice that I had not heard. And I became an instant fan of the band, went back to the radio station, dug up our copy of Through Silver and Blood and just started studying it. And, you know, we couldn't really play a lot of the songs because they were just too long. Yeah. But I, I did approve a few of them for Airplay. I just uncheck the box that they would ever be scheduled. And that was for my benefit. So when I played closing shifts on like a Friday night, I would throw on like a 13-minute a banger or whatever and just delight. Cause we the, the the control room of the radio station had these awesome JBL monitors that just thumped. And you oh, could turn man. you could you could turn it up so loud and they didn't fart out or it was just, oh, and you just rock out, right? Ah, so good.
0: try looking back after you first heard that record
1: so I I looked back um, so I got what enemy of the Sun and mm-hmm. souls at zero I never got any further back than that were you, you surprised
0: to, were you surprised by anything that you heard from those two records I mean I don't think so with enemy of the
1: Sun not, so much. not really because yeah. I I knew from fledgling little research that you could do back then, Mm -hmm. that they had roots in in the whole uh what Gilman Street punk punk scene uh, which is also where Dead and Gone came up so I mean it made sense that they were they were touring together but no it didn't surprise me um I was probably more I I'll I'll correct myself and say yeah I probably was surprised I'm, I'm thinking back now 20 plus years I'm probably using some revisionist history here it probably surprised me
0: yeah i mean i guess i could see how you'd be sort of surprised but i think your first answer in a way might be accurate too um my experience with the band was i heard enemy of the sun first okay i was a little bit late coming to him. um a guy who i shared a house with um knew i liked metal bands and you know let's make no mistake neurosis is a metal band i mean Mm-hmm. any pretense otherwise is just that it's a pretense it's not you know um and i liked it i was like okay cool so he and he told me because well they're they were a hardcore hardcore punk band you know like in the spirit of uh discharge and the uk 82 sound the whole beat thing before beat became a thing and and you know adjacent to like that sound and adjacent to what people were calling crust punk which
2: mm-hmm.
0: all those it's all just silly they're all hardcore bands right mm-hmm. so um i went back and i went to their first record pain of mind and as much as i liked enemy of the sun pain of mind was more you know that's where my head
2: was at at the time
0: Guys were pulling from you know other wells, they're drawing water from other places and putting that into their crock pot. And <laughs> the they're gonna make, you know, yeah. Um, so I mean, it was surprising for me. Um, when I went back, even though I was warned ahead of time, not warned, but I was told like they're a hardcore band originally. But I was like, "Wow, how did you?" So then I listened to Word Is Law and Souls of Zero. I'm like, "You could see where they were going, you know." Mm -hmm. Um, But your original answer, saying you weren't surprised by Enemy of the Sun, that's kind of where I I ended my relationship, as it were, with Neurosis. I I felt like I love that record, but then I heard Through Silver and Blood, and I'm like, "Yeah, I've got this." And not sure. that they sound alike, and not you know, I mean, they're, they're creative people. They don't and it make like a bad record necessarily, or it just I wasn't I wasn't interested in it beyond that. Um, but I could see how I mean the similarities are definitely there, you know. Like I, I so it, I guess basically what I'm saying is like I heard the enemy of the sun. I listened to through silver blood, and I said, well, I've already got it through enemy of the sun. I don't need this other one. Yeah. You know, and I know it's kind of a shitty, dismissive way to be, but sometimes that's just the way it is with band. Yeah. You're like, I've I've I've, I've lived with this one, I've got it. I don't really need the other stuff. You know, it's just how it is sometimes, you know. Um, yeah and there are plenty of people who hate the hardcore stuff, you know, and I'm sure there are plenty of people who love First LP and fucking hate the other stuff. You know, I I like all of it as far as the style goes, but as far as the records go, that's where I stop. I'm like, I check out after that. You know.
1: Well, you know, when when by the time I was in college, they put out Times of Grace Uh and you know, the internet was more of a thing. People forget that the internet's not that old. (laughs) But when I heard that they made a companion album through their noise outfit, uh, Tribes of Neurot, mm-hmm. that, you, that you were supposed to play the two records together. Like, I was just totally intrigued. I, I had to get both. I had to figure a way to sync them up. And I did. And it was cool. Um, and I I just kept with them ever since. I didn't love every record, but just the, the power and the scope, the vision, just it, it, it stuck with me. For sure, and, and, and particularly um, uh, Dave Edwardson's bass and his vocals really inspired eventually like how I approached the early days of Deathcrawl. So again, just a, a, an important band for me as a person growing.
0: So um, let me take a little detour here talk about Death Crawl for a second. Because, I mean, it's no secret to you or to Dave, whom we share as a member of both of our bands. He's a mutual member of both of our bands. Uh, How much I love Death Crawl. Um, Everything's great, but I particularly love the first
1: record quite a bit. Um, That's cool to hear. That's cool to hear. So
0: um, when you talk about his bass, you're talking strictly as far as Tone sound or how your approach to writing or playing because I can hear look, I i mean, I can hear a lot of um, and I know you're not the only writer, I know Damon and Dave do a lot as well. Yeah, of course. But I hear, I hear, I mean, you guys are adjacent to neurosis a bit more on the uh, what people might call death metal meets sludge sort of things, but there's yeah. a there's a um, and I hate using this word because so played out but there's a bit more of an epic feel to what you guys are doing much in the semi neurosis looked at it that way the difference mm-hmm. is when neurosis did epics it made sense because those guys um to my mind are artists in every sense of that word and they're thinking the whole picture yeah they're not thinking let's just make this song that'll just move people you know they're not thinking about it that way they're just thinking like what what can they do to make this a whole thing yeah and sometimes when i listen to death crawl it's like it's not quite as intricate like you're not doing companion records you're not doing visual shows but there's a sense of movement that you guys have in your songs that uh is epic because there's movement there it's like you're moving along you're pushing it forward and a lot of bands who play at those tempos and do that sort of thing they're not interested in that they're interested on in banging on one fucking chord and just sounds sick <laughs> and it the fuck out of it. yeah you know you guys actually right. write songs much in the same way that we try. writes songs so that was my tangent about your band but so was it cool well, you know, thank you was it the songwriting or just the bass tone or the way he played or it was
1: it was the probably the phrasing
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um tone wise i've always been pursuing like a an unsane meets bark market kind of sound just uh just you know blown out and bottom heavy and just raging but the way that he played or like played to the riff you know I think that inspired me, and but maybe more so, the vocal. Like I remember when we first started doing vocals to those songs, and I was saying, okay, like what what am I going to do? I'm not a very good singer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a trained screamer. What can I do for this band that that will be cool? Because we we had agreed all three of us were going to sing, and I, I needed my my lane, right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, let's let's try to emulate that that just sinister guttural bellow that dude had. And I failed miserably because I don't I can't hit those notes, but that's what I was trying to do. Yeah. And, and and I mean that I mean it became my vocal style for the band. But but to just stand there and try to push as much air as I could and try to sound as as evil as possible. For better or worse, you know.
0: So, from neurosis, where do we go on your list? Where do we go on your list here from neurosis?
1: All right. So, you know, I graduate, and in '97, and I, I move up to Toledo to go to college. And that first Christmas break, I come home, and my friend calls me and says, "Want to go to a show in Cleveland?" Absolutely, nothing else to do. Um, so we go to the Agora Ballroom, and it it, it winds up being Keel Hall and a really cool Canadian band called Shallow North Dakota, and a, an a punk band. But Keel Hall and Shallow North Dakota both just slay. Um, but Keel Hall really steals the show for me because of their presentation. Um, they're thematically they were similar bands at the time. Um, Shallow North Dakota might have been a little sludgier versus the, the the chaos and intensity of Keel Hall but they were both just devastatingly heavy right and i remember being like right up on the stage watching Aaron play bass and he still had the long dreadlocks and he was just like a madman like sticking his tongue out and whipping his hair around and just abusing the poor instrument um and you know, the drummer will Sharf is just exploding behind the kit and the guitar players are doing really different things that complement each other well but it's just like they, chaos. Weave, in,
0: they weave in and out of yeah in and out of how they play a lot it's funny like i kind of this might sound like a, a bizarre comparison but if you listen to like the early stones and you listen to like brian jones and keith richards sort of weave in and out of each other's mm-hmm. guitar lines it's not the same thing as that as far as like they're replicating that but the idea that they're going to even out is that's you know
1: um right
0: yeah and when it and when
1: and when it hits it hits you know and i was just jaw on the floor like these guys are from cleveland oh my god like this is this is great remember running to their merch table, which became the running joke, because it was empty, they didn't have anything. <laughs> um, my, my friend Rachel, who had taken me, she had um, Ornamental Iron, maybe? That's the seven have, inch, right? Uh,
0: yeah, I have that seven inch and the first LP.
1: And, and she had the self-titled on CD. And I think she had the, the Cambodia Records version. Because um, it had different art, it was like National Geographic art or something that they had legal <laughs> apparently had legal issues with. I don't I don't know that was the story I read. But hmm. it took me a long time to find a CD, and I wound up getting the Escape Artist Records um, release of the self-titled, and I loved it. Um, but anyway, so I I saw you know again, internet's pretty new ish. And I'm, I start learning how to look up bands. Yeah. And I, I discover that Keel Hall has a new record coming out and it's on Hydrahead Records. So, like, okay, who's this? I find Hydrahead's website and yada, yada, yada. I, I order it, it gets delivered to me. And, you know, it, as much as the self titled maybe hits harder because of its mix and just like the, the bottom end push, uh-huh. like, two is just it's clean cleaner
0: yeah the first one rumbles a bit more
1: yeah but you know i think they like up the ante like from the very first cut until the end it's just like a thousand miles well not should say a thousand miles an hour it's just it's intensity and you know they're 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 pushing and it's it's nuts and there's a million notes flying at you and then immediately it's like and they drop it you know into first gear and they roll through something slow or something pretty-ish um there's a ton of hooks the record just rips mm-hmm. um you know and then and the same thing can be said for uh keel hall three and, and keel hall four they're they're all great records but yeah i had to pick one so i went with two um
0: what's what's just, your just favorite be- track off that one
1: so My favorite track off of that one, it's tough to say, right now I'm gonna say Someday Some Other Place. um kind of summary of Keel Hall in a way. You've got this like tense, crushing riff that's just busy and chaotic, but then there's also like slower, sludgier parts, and it's just it. It's like the whole experience in six or seven minutes, however however long it is. So
0: yeah, those guys have always been pretty damn good bands like uh chris uh was he was the like, second guitarist in integrity when they did their first lp but prior to that he was in a band called um false hope that i kind of cut my teeth on at the same time yeah i never heard album. them
2: this song is called maybe Murder, so let's move yeah.
0: was in a band called escalation anger i don't remember i like i remember liking them but i don't remember their music as well as i would like i just remember i dug it
1: you know um i don't think i ever heard escalation anger either yeah and i don't, I don't
0: remember what band Dana was in um but not just their older bands but the bands that they are doing currently and moving forward like axioma right Aaron, aaron's band um that band's really good i mean they take- i'm not a
1: yeah i'm not a big on black metal but what well, like so cougar i think cougar kind of got the ball rolling with that band the uh-huh. guitar player yeah and he brought in um vincent and and uh, justin and eventually aaron but like similar to keel hall they're actually writing songs and it's not like this just nihilistic wash of Of sound like a lot of black metal is to me as a as a non-aficionado of the genre so i like that they have hooks that i can perceive yeah again just a powerful band and and scary in the ways they want to be scary you know
0: well i mean you know that that they have the atmosphere and the aesthetics
1: yeah of it to a certain degree
0: that i like about it i mean truthfully the only black metal that i really um Abide as Bathory, and that's like from the mid 80s. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, that whole Norwegian thing. Um, yeah, Dark Throne has a couple interesting moments on other records, you know, but the rest of it to my ears, and maybe it's because they're untrained, but to my ears, I'm like, yeah, it just sounds like Bathory, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just, so, I get bored. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm waiting for something for my ears to catch on to, and it never yeah. happens. And, and that's not the case with Axioma.
0: No, yeah, they, they pull all of that in, and, um, like you said, similar to Keel Hall, they're writing actual songs. You know, right? They, they go, they go from one place to another, and they transition well. Um, I, you know, I know Keel Hall was adjacent to a lot of other, um styles of music and scenes and a lot of the bands were there were a lot of bands in that time period that to my mind were doing busy work you know Mm -hmm. a lot of fretboard gymnastics and shit that just went nowhere it was just show off music and keel hall never felt that way Keel always felt like they had a purpose and they they wanted you to like actually enjoy the song it's gonna be kind of nutty you're gonna go from here to there in a way that you don't always expect but it always sort of made sense where right. a lot of the other bands that were doing that it, like again it was just show off fretboard gymnastics kind of shit and it was just like oh here i'm gonna do this oh this is gonna be sick i'll do this too
1: and it's just like yeah I, I yeah full know. disclosure i i liked a lot of those bands too <laughs> but, uh, but 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 yeah. but keel hall was definitely um you know tip the kings of Rift mountain Maybe, for maybe for, the for only me. other
0: band that I can think that did that sort of thing, and a lot of people call them a hardcore band, but I think they're closer to Keel Hall was Dead Guy.
1: Oh, yeah. I love like Dead like Guy.
0: Fixation on a co-worker, like, they weren't quite as busy as Keel Hall, but that sort of really abrasive kind of, yeah. like, push and pull of what they were doing. Like, Keel Hall is a push and a pull.
1: Yeah. Yeah people can't see it but there's a dead guy poster right right over my shoulder here behind me <laughs> i love that band
0: they're great they're
1: great i love dead guy
0: again i mean they don't they don't sound like each other at all no but in my mind they occupy the same space yeah like, if I were, if i were making a mixtape I could, I could put keel hall and dead guy one after the other and nobody would bat an eyelash
3: I will not suffer Your
2: persistence The is
1: botch um they were really busy but i thought they also uh, did a good, actually, good job of putting songs together botch
0: was actually good botch was <sighs> actually good but like you know the dillinger escape Plan's of the world i could fucking do without that yeah. nonsense. i love
1: them too <laughs> uh, but that's that's fair well,
0: let me ask you are, are you yeah. uh, are you a calculating affinity or miss machine fan
1: i would it is i would miss say machine, i correct yeah, okay. I would say I'm a calculating Infinity fan if I have to choose between the two. yeah, There, there is definitely two Dillinger escape plans, right? There's, there's Dillinger with Dimitri, and there's everything else.
0: Yeah, Dillinger with the weightlifters.
1: And um, <laughs> I think that Greg is a extremely talented guy, and I think he did exactly what they wanted him to do. I think mm-hmm. when they did the, the, um, the Mike Patton EP... They showed like, this is what we want to do. And they hired a guy that can do the Mike Patton thing. And it's, it's very obvious on Miss Machine because there's songs on there that sound like Mike Patton fronting Villager escape plan. And I never actually got to see them with Dimitri, but I did get to see them a couple of times with Greg and it was wild. I thought he was a great showman. I never had any beefs with him. I know uh, my friend Rachel I mentioned earlier. She she went to college in Manhattan,
2: uh-huh.
1: and, sh- and she saw Dillinger all the time, and um, she was actually friends with Dimitri at, at some point. But like she was she was done with the band when, when Dimitri quit. She's like, I'm done. I don't I don't want to get into the bro the bro version of Dillinger. I have and, friends. Uh, I have and friends. I kept riding the train till the end.
0: I have friends who do a podcast, a really good one called It Came from New Jersey and they pick a record that was made from New Jersey musicians every week, and they um, they talk about it, and they talked about Miss Machine, and uh, they explained something I was unaware of. I knew there were two vocalists, but they explained that divide you just talked about, that there was a mm-hmm. clear divide between yeah, the early stuff and later stuff as far as fanship goes you know so it's interesting to hear you say that and sort of validate the point that they were making about that but we're talking about keel hall yeah and not, and not, i'm, I'm not, good for
1: tangents not
0: that second rate jersey band <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry it's <that's> terrible <laughs> it's not, not terrible Some <laughs> say shit like that
1: but it's uh, fair it's fair it's let's fine keep, let's Music, keep it positive. music's subjective
0: let's keep it positive um but yeah i mean uh but really, we were talking about the more recent band. Some of these guys are in.
1: Uh, you know, that oh, yeah. was
0: great. Uh, Six Kills Nine.
1: Oh yeah, Dana and Aaron in it, and that's a really good band. Uh, John shared with me one rough take with the vo- like the with the vocals and everything. Uh huh. Sounds so good. Uh, I, bet. Like, I, I like I can't wait for that record to finally get released.
0: I can't remember Sean's last name, but he's a really
1: good vocalist. Knight.
0: Yeah, that's it. I should remember that because that's a pretty easy last name. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good
1: record. I met him at an Unsane show and he was super nice. We just total, total nice dude.
0: I met him at Bogo, uh, the one year. Since oh, that's the,
1: right. Was that's grade. right.
0: And then the time after that, he didn't remember me.
1: Um, oh, yeah, he wouldn't remember me. I was just buying merch off of him. Yeah, I'm nobody,
0: um, but we got to talk about Voivod
1: and you know, cool. how I'm, you
0: know, how I am about that band. Yep. So, yeah, so this is where it gets interesting here because after keel hall there are two bands i am well one band i know their dna i'm, I'm familiar with the dna of them but they, the music that they put out i don't know a damn thing about and the other band i've never even heard of so cool. who comes at who comes next after keel hall
1: yeah so which one of the two the, the next one uh chronologically speaking would be lozenge Okay. So um, my same friend who, who took me to Keel Hall would also mail me um, mixtapes and mm-hmm. eventually mix, mix CDs. But I got this mixtape in the mail at one point when I was living in my apartment. And it had cool bands on it that I never would have heard of, like um, Bug Out, Botch was on there. Um, I, I, can't remember, I can't remember the rest. Anyway, I was, I was driving around. And this song came on and I was just like, what is this? It, it opens with an accordion and it just becomes this insane kind of circus music. I don't know how else to describe it. So I drive all the way back to my apartment and I park and I, I can't get out of the car. I have to listen to this song finish. And then I rewind it. And let's do it again. I'm like, all right, I'm going to drive around the block. And I think I listened to it like four times before I finally got out of the car. And it turned out it was lozenge. So um, lozenge came about from a bunch of um, music students at Rice University.
0: In Houston,
1: right? I Yes, that sounds right. And I'm, I'm not up on all my colleges, but at the time I looked it up and yes, they were from Texas. Um, so they, these guys all know how to play like legit orchestral music. Um, and they made just this noisy, violent spastic record that you would never imagine came from a bunch of classically trained people. Um,
0: when you say noisy and like do you mean like in an amphetamine reptile sort of yeah. style or something? Y- yes,
1: beyond um, that, beyond that too. Though um, there's elements like looking back on it now as as a somebody who knows a little bit more music, um, a lot more. There's birthday party in there. There's um, Naked City, like John Zorn stuff in there. I, didn't really know that stuff at the time um again the, the internet was just a just a wee lad for for most of us in, in 99 but anyway
0: yeah it was barely a thing
1: yeah i mean you couldn't find records online if you found sound it was like a real audio player and it sounded like trash mm-hmm. like you're you're like playing it on a pre- preschool boombox, just garbage yeah. compression Um, so I think Rachel burned me the CD and sent it to me so I could have the whole thing.
0: What was the name of the record?
1: It's called Plenum. Okay. And they, they came together as a band and they wrote a bunch of songs. Um, they did a real brief tour of Texas. They broke up. Then they reconvened a few months later, recorded a record and then went their separate ways. And Plenum is that record. And it, it goes through a lot of different vibes. Um, Some of them are much better than others. I'm not going to say it's a perfect record, but there's like scary death metal influences at times. Um, There's real wacky violent polyrhythms um i should step back and say that the, the band makeup it was a four piece at the time they had a bass player um who would do uh, fretless bass and, and normal electric bass a drummer then they had a metal percussion player who would just like bang clank on crap right um garbage cans and hunks of steel and whatever and then the vocalist also played um an electric oboe, a accordion, and a Moog. And all of this stuff combined together, just it gave them this timbre that I just, I loved it. It it was, it was jazzy at times. Uh It was noise rock at times. It was death metal. It was Mr. Bungley circusy at times. Um, And all through it, the the lyrics are just really smart um, and cutting. Um, I became pen pals with the 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 front man and the bass player at the time, because that's what you did when you're a dork in 1999. Yeah, there's no um, that, so, so. so so I have a little bit of uh, you know, some of this insight from from those letters and emails that we shared at the time, but. Um, you know he he's a pretty progressive fellow his name's kyle Bruckman, and and now he's on the west coast and he does a lot of um like electric oboe improv kind of stuff um like free jazz okay um with with other orchestra people but
0: that tracks with the john zorn connection
1: yeah and you know there's there's some some brutal lyrics on the record and i i asked him i'm like you know is this is this you or is this a character you know what is this yeah and and he was saying like well this is this is me personifying the 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 typical uh redneck texan that's come into my show and and beaten some poor dude nearly to death because he might be homosexual um and it, and I, it's... Lived,
0: I lived in Texas for a while in my youth. And, uh, you know, as an aside, Texas is every bit of the regressive, knuckle-dragging, bullshit place you could imagine.
1: I've every never been. true.
0: The fucking cowboy hats, the boots, the trucks, everything. Fucking totally yeah. true. The flip side of that is some of the best... Musicians have come from there, so the best bands, so the most progressive, mm. meaning people, you know, because they have to create their own little space, yeah, for stuff. So what he's saying completely tracks with my experience of living in Texas for a while. So sorry about
1: that. Yeah. Well, uh, I was just just gonna say that um, you know, you you can tell that he's a smart guy, and and the way he he wrote these lyrics, it's just cool. Um, you know, I had to put Plenum because it was my first experience with them. They ended up doing three full lengths and, a, and a, of a live record because they coincidentally wound up all together in Chicago and, and started the band up again. Oh, wow. Um, so I would say that their second record is actually my favorite. It's called Doozy. Uh-huh. They added a, a saxophone player by that point. Who was putting um, these
0: records out? What label did they come out on?
1: Lennon is on Farrago. I've never heard. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's got a Houston P.O. box. Well, um, yeah. Doozy. I can't remember who put out Doozy, but Sickroom put out their last one, which was called Undone. They had mm-hmm. a very kind of Jesus Lizard kind of. Uh, um, schema with all their album titles like if you look at the jesus lizard like all their records are like one word titles like go like like goat and load and whatever but um you know just from
0: texas too
1: i believe originally. I, I i believe so yeah and lozenge is always one word with two syllables you know so plenum and doozy and mishap and undone but um yeah like doozy Wait reined in a bit of the accordion and it went more Moog based and then finally Undone is like way 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 into the Moog stuff and they both just have these these crazy cool songs on them
0: give me a Um, song off of Plenum
1: Plenum I would say that the the song that grabbed my attention all those years ago is called Saw a Man Looney (laughs) also saw a man beaten but so that's why i have to have to call him out but they're both on the same record um they kind of tell you know different stories was he just just a really cool band
0: so i'm guessing from this title that it's about mental illness is he talking it is is he talking from his own first person perspective or is he um i mean how, how did he approach that i mean what
1: you know, if if you look at Are you the, the about him playing
0: roles or him possibly yeah, playing
1: roles, yeah, I think a lot of this was on his his observations and experiences. Okay, um, not not just him, but maybe, you know, like I said, they they were they were all very classically trained and they came from all over the place. The the bass player at one point was doing Broadway orchestra work. Okay, so you know they all bring these stories that they could talk about in band practice, and I'm sure that translates into lyrics at some point. But looking at this record, there's a bunch of it that has to do with mental health. Like Thorazine Shuffle is the second track. Um, but um, the, the, I guess the, the cool thing with, with them was just that that pen pal relationship I had. And like they sent me a CDR copy of their what would ultimately be their last record. And when it did finally get released, it was it wasn't sequenced correctly yeah that the the pressing plant put all these uh two second breaks between all the songs so i have like the version that it was supposed to be and the the, the fanboy dork in me is just very proud that i have that which is really pathetic but it's all i have so
0: <laughs> i gotta um tell a quick story related to that sort of I'm going to try to one-up you here a little bit. It's easy um, to do. Well, I don't know about that. That's that's pretty cool. You need a personal relationship with these guys, or with the singer, it sounds like. Uh, one of my older bands played a show with uh, the Swedish hardcore band Victims. They were touring the United States, and we booked it through uh, uh, their label, Havoc Records. Uh, Felix was booking the shows, and we put them on. Uh, john lindquist who was playing with a broken leg at the time was sitting on a stool with his leg propped up during the whole set it was still awesome uh we got to talk about sweden you know and you know because i think he was the first person i've ever actually met who was from sweden no that's untrue that i'm i'm completely lying i met lg petrov at a show in cleveland when they play with bloodlet and i got to hang out with him for a little bit um anyway uh so i was talking with john lindquist and our drummer was was as well and we we're going on and i'm like oh if, if you ever played awesome little did i know he's the bass player for an <laughs> I, I mean i didn't know i right you know um yeah i love the first two records uh
1: inhale exhale inhale exhale human 2.0 yeah
0: yeah and but hell hadn't come out yet and uh they stayed at night at the house we fed him everything and uh he hooked us up with a with a uh, rough mix version of
1: it on cd yeah, that's cool earned it for us so um that's and uh I when did he re- when did he reveal that he was in nazim was it like the next morning or like no, how did that, it, how did he bring day, it up
0: I, I, I said, oh, you know who I love from Sweden is Nasum, and he just chuckled. And I said, Do you <laughs> like him? And he goes, I'm in the band. And I said, oh, well, okay then. You know, and yeah, he just he just laughed. It was just because we were gushing about them. Yeah, and he just sort of laughed and casually, you know, it was it was it was a pretty cool conversation. He was a nice guy. Everybody in the band was really nice. Uh, victims that were they're yeah. a really
1: good hardcore band. I like them. I love Nazam. I love it.
0: Uh, yeah, Nazam is one of the few bands that do or did grind and it didn't bore me. Same. There, there are plenty of bands that do, you know, grindcore. And again, it comes back to the same thing we've been talking about this whole discussion we've had. They wrote songs. Yeah. They wrote, they wrote catchy songs with hooks and actual yep. riffs. Yep. And, um, I mean, and I do like bands that are considered grind. Like I fucking love Asoc. You know, I love mm-hmm. early Napalm Death. I mean, there's there are quote unquote grindcore bands I do like, but by and large, I find that people that say, "Oh, I'm starting a grindcore band," it's just boring nonsense. It doesn't yeah
1: doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> Nazem- we we played with a one man grind band once. That was that was rough
0: oh of course it was like
1: it there's, there's com- computer good drums were on the computer and he just played his guitar and screamed uh oh, it was I rough think
0: every i think every city <laughs> every city that with a population above a hundred thousand people has a one-man grindcore band in there so yeah it's some fucking goof that yeah whatever but uh so yeah that was uh my my
1: attempt to one-up you it was good that's a that's a great story. Thanks. I think I think didn't <laughs> so he he wound up playing guitar on their final tour did he not
0: I did not see them
1: okay I don't
0: know I know he's a guitar player
1: but I, I think Jesper I think Jesper played bass on that run because I, I was lucky enough to see him twice on the final run I saw him at now that's class and then at um I drove all the way to Baltimore to see him on Maryland Death Fest
0: another fucking show i regretted not going to
1: it was fucking, the, the one it was now insane no reason yeah to,
0: i i can't remember why i didn't go but i don't I, I have it in my head in the back of my head i feel that it wasn't a good enough reason not to go
1: <laughs> well so. i'll just i'll rub salt in the wound and, and just say i will never forget that show oh, fuck you yeah it was it was just like a a bomb going off every second i couldn't believe what i was witnessing yeah, it was, and and there weren't that many people there, but it just—I so mean—you had brutal, brutal it truth. That doesn't make it Was there? Sense um I don't know some other some other Cleveland band that was pretty pretty good too. massacari maybe I can't remember.
0: Had you seen Dude, Brutal and, Truth prior to that?
1: I had not seen them, but I knew them a lot from V Rock. Yeah. So I'm not a huge Brutal Truth fan. Um, I liked Kevin Sharp on. Uh, the that first venomous concept record uh. but i i didn't really i didn't really follow real truth i was there for nozzle
0: but yeah we're kind of off track here um, sorry so we were talking about you know grind core and um we started with lozenge ended up talking yeah.
1: about uh your uh little yeah, a pen pal um, experience.
0: Yeah. Pen pal experience. I one up you with Nas, and we started talking about grindcore. Then we started talking about people watching at metal shows. Yeah. Let's take a left turn. And I Let's, say left turn because I know.
1: This is way this, far away from that. Yeah. yeah,
0: I, I know who this band is related to. They're related to uh, Slim Sessions Auto Club, yes. who, I ha- who I have uh, not a history with, but I, I, I'm adjacent to them because one of my early bands was on a soundtrack of a film that they were on
1: that's so crazy
0: yeah it's nutty but this band um munley and the lee lewis harlots yep tell me about it
1: tell me yeah so and
0: and and as you're telling me people who are listening will know why this is a wild left turn
1: yeah so um sometime mid 2000s i was hanging out with my friend brian um and he goes, man, I heard this band on college radio and it, like I just I can't stop thinking about it. And he's like, I, I downloaded this this song off of Napster. And uh he probably had like an early iPod or something. So we we cue it up and we're listening to this song. And it's it's all acoustic. There's you know, acoustic guitar and and cello. There, there's drums, but there's there's uh a male voice singing, there's backing vocals. It's very folky to my inexperienced ears, but the song subject matter is just really, really dark and like out of left field. And as I'm listening to it, I'm like, this song is about incest. This is about a brother who has gotten his sister pregnant what is what is this and it turns out that it's it's the song goose walking over my grave Uh by Munley and the lee lewis harlots on the album of the same name And I said, "Well, I gotta, I gotta hear more from this guy. That this is some, some, some really creative songwriting um, lyrically." So, I probably got on the internet and ordered ordered the CD because by then it was getting a lot easier to, to find this stuff, you know. And I just, I love the whole record. It's got so many cool characters that Munley creates. Um, I eventually deep dove and and got into his back catalog and realized he, he brings people in places, you know, across his, his works. So a character from like an earlier record shows up three records later, or that character's son shows up and it it all feels very old. Um, Like it's taking place in the early half of the 20th century, like 1900s to 1940s there's a like a pervasive kind of dust bowl atmospheric to it like hard times have fallen on these these people they're all they all feel incredibly poor Mm -hmm. they all feel incredibly exploited in one way or another Um, and he lyrically weaves in a lot of ideas of Like Christian spirituality but he does it in a way that leaves it up to the listener to interpret like is this a Christian man or is it because it it definitely some some stuff going on that's you would not hear in a a Christian man right so once we discovered Munley and that record particularly and, and we started spider webbing off we discovered oh he's in slim cessna's auto club what's that so we we find um who's we uh brian and i we're, we're both like got it okay going 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 yeah. going to ground i'm, I'm chasing this this yep. down What what is this they're from denver okay what's this what's this denver sound okay slim cessna's auto See, club 16 saying, horsepower
0: all right i was gonna say you yeah. said denver and everything you've mentioned to thus far brings that band to mind. And I love, love, love 16 Horsepower.
1: Actually, at um, the Avenue in Kent, um, seeing some band, I forget who it was, and this song comes on, and I'm like, I look at Brian and I say, "Is this, is this some, is Munley singing on this song?" And like it's, it's it sounds like a Munley song, let's go talk to the sound guy and see like what he's playing, and it was 16 horsepower, so. I was like, okay, now we have another band that we need to go chase down. Yeah. And um, I would say that it, like today, right now, Slim Cessna's Auto Club, probably my favorite band. Oh. Um, which is funny because, you know, we we started this discussion with like Clutch and we went through the heaviest of heavies with with Neurosis and, and Kiel Hall, And now we wind up with a different kind of heaviness, which is these... Stories that Munley is telling as primary songwriter.
0: But you can tie Clutch together with this band. They sort of, because Neil Fallon will use a lot of those. Sure. um, Old West, like The Regulator. Mm -hmm. Listen to those lyrics. Yep. Those, from what you're describing, and from what I know about 16 Horsepower, those lyrics could be, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. That they're in the same ballpark, the same you know, they occupy the same space. So right. that makes sense. I mean, you wouldn't know it musically just listening to it, but right if you listen to some of it, some of the clutch um references they make, you know, like uh I know sixteen horsepower, I don't know about Munley, and I'm only vaguely familiar with Slim Cessna's. It was sixteen horsepower has a lot of gospel elements. I right. Don't know, I Absolutely. don't know if the other two bands do. But um clutch references a lot of gospel type mm-hmm. you know yep yeah things absolutely even if, the, even if the music doesn't do it but yeah i mean i don't think it's that insane i just when i was talking about the left turn i was talking about specifically from lozenge to the span but you know
1: I yeah think- uh, it's i guess i was more going for like it's just curious how you how you develop as a listener over time. Yeah. You know, like if, if I had heard Munley at the wrong time, I probably wouldn't have liked it. And I would have missed out on a ton of really great bands that I discovered because of him. Yeah. A ton of great memories from uh, seeing Slim Cessna live um, in Cleveland. And and also we flew to Denver a couple of years ago to see them play in their hometown. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to experience the hometown slim show. For me, it's like peeling back an onion with Munley's stories. Yeah, um, like there's a song on here of Silas Fontelroy's willingness to influence the panel, and like as you're listening to the re- to, to the lyrics, you're like, "What's going on? Like the lady switched out the cup he cleans his dentures with gasoline, and then she sets him on fire. <laughs> like, what just happened? This is so crazy." So there's, there's little details like that in, in all of his songs and all of his albums that it just it makes a really endearing listen for me, because whatever I want to put into it, I can get out of it. Yeah. Um, I can listen to a Slim record and six months later, listen to it again and be like, wait a second. I don't, because they don't publish their lyrics. There's no lyric books. Yeah. You got to try to pick it out yourself. Like, wait a second. I think he's saying something else. Um, it's, I think that's a really cool um, and important thing for a, like a songwriter to do—to try to make the song um, interactive in a way with with the audience. Like, what I get out of it isn't going to be what you get out of it. Yeah. And, and I think that's neat. And and it's hard to do, and not everybody does it. But when it's done well, it, it's really cool
0: cool well this is fun it was yeah it's always fun talking with you um, likewise i hate uh i like nerding out about music quite a bit yeah it's part of this part of this, part of this exercise really is to just find out about new stuff and to talk about related and sometimes as per our conversation not quite as related stuff <laughs> you know um yeah you know me well enough to know that my conversations are very uh you know they can go from a to z pretty quickly and skip the other uh, 24 letters of the alphabet um but uh so d- do you have anything you want to plug or anything you want to talk about real quick i mean and you are you still doing yeah. the blog the super Corruptor blog
1: i do um so so super Corruptor is a band we we basically we started in 1998 as the ginger dead men and we didn't play a show for 10 years. (laughs) So we we spent a lot of time woodshedding. And eventually we changed our name to super corruptor. Um, We are in the midst of recording our new record, Uh but as with many things this year, COVID um, put the brakes on it for us. The studio went into lockdown. So we never were able to record vocals so i hope at some point in the near future we'll be able to finish the vocals uh, we're doing it at dave's place so i know the mix is going to sound way better than we are as a band and you know, hopefully more than three people will check it out on Bandcamp when when we release it but yeah so i i have the blog that's related to the band where i also do record reviews and interviews, show reviews, and, and whatever. I found in the initial months of quarantine that it was really hard to get into a mindset for listening to records and trying to review them. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't focus. It was just like trying to come to terms with working from home, you know, because everybody got sent home from where I work. and. Okay, now I'm sitting at a table, and there's kids running around, and there's you know one kid who we're trying to homeschool, and there's a TV on, and the other kids playing Legos, and I just I couldn't I couldn't focus, so I've gotten a bit more back on on the horse over the last month or two. Some great records have come out, um, Exhalants and Blacklisters. I think both put out great records in the last two months um so yeah that's going on and then uh we had written the music for the fourth death crawl record we were going to start
0: you have three full lengths and one
1: ep correct correct yeah and um we had musically had it all written we were pretty dang tight we were just starting to button up little details and we said in february uh last february we're gonna record this in June. We're gonna get a SuperCrupter record off of Dave's computer. He had some other sessions booked. And then, you know, we're gonna come in and we're gonna make this record. Um, it's been, I think, four years since we tracked our last one. So knowing it's us- been that long? Yeah, because we, we recorded it in 16, we put it out in 17. Well, I but so. yeah. I mean, yeah. It makes sense. So, I mean, obviously that didn't happen. And luckily, Damon has like a bear trap mind for his guitar parts. And we have good quality demos of everything. So yeah. we'll, we'll be able to figure it all out. But basically, I haven't touched those songs since March 11th. My bass is still at Dave's house. That's, uh, that's set up for that band. So I can't, like, I can't even practice it. Yeah, um, I mean that's a lazy excuse. I I could well, no, t- tune another guitar. I but. mean
0: it's sure it is, but it's also like I don't know that. I mean there are a lot of bands that are being w- way way productive right now, and I mean they're they're taking you know reasonable risks. There's nothing wrong with it as far as them writing and playing and and putting stuff out, but I don't think it's I don't think it's outrageous that somebody. Oh no! during this time would have just not done anything
1: no you know, it's not I, outrageous
0: i mean i i haven't done anything you know yeah. my bands haven't done haven't done shit you know so um i don't think it's lazy on your part i think it's just the existence we're in right now and you know yeah. you and i are both
1: parents. yeah i'm, I'm still gonna beat myself jobs. up so well <laughs> like maybe, i, sh- I should have been i should have been playing along to the demos since april but shame because on me I,
0: I, I, should, I, should be taking the, I should be taking the same advice i'm going to give you right now stop beating up on yourself could be yeah. a dick <laughs> you know it's fine yeah, it won't, won't
1: happen but yeah well,
0: you know, i'm your friend
1: i'm trying to help i appreciate it well, there you go i appreciate it and, and i guess the last thing would be um i have been doing some uh online collaboration stuff with like oh, wow. i have yeah i have a little side project so um I, I did one recently with Adam from Horseburner on drums. And I did bass and guitar and, and vocals. Dave just finished mixing it. It sounds killer. Um, I did two tracks with my buddy Sean on drums and um, Dave like, shredded the ever living crap out of them on guitar. And then uh, actually Aaron Dallison is doing vocals. He did one of them already.
2: Oh, it, cool. sound,
1: it sounds awesome. And then most recently, we did two more. Um, that one has Jason Craig from Super Corruptor on Jerome's me on bass, and then David Cousy from Microwaves on guitar. And at Microwaves Rips, if people haven't listened to Microwaves, definitely check them out. Their last record is really, really cool. And David not only said he would do guitars, he did them in like two days. I was like, here's the files, you know,
0: of
2: course, let,
1: let, let, let me know what you think. Boom. Here's the first take. What do you think? I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, he's got a really creative approach to guitar. He didn't try to double what the bass did. Like I would have, if I did it. So it gave the, the songs a whole new life. Um, and right now I'm trying to find somebody to sing on those. So it's just fun, something to do. And that'll be on Bandcamp for free at some point.
0: And you can find Super Corruptor and Deathcrawl both on Bandcamp. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and Deathcrawl has a ton of CDs, like legit replicated CDs. If anybody wants to, you know, buy some and help us out. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I think they're, I think they're really good records. And you know, I, I hate sounding like an egomaniac, but like you 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 stack those records up against almost anything, and it it holds its own. Yeah. Like, like Dave did such an awesome job on all of the stuff we made.
0: I like both bands quite a bit, but death crawl is very um, pretty unfuck withable. I mean, it's just, it's, it's serious. Well, thank you. Any, anybody who likes heavy music of really almost any kind, but particularly um, of the metal variety um, that doesn't mind slower temples, temples, tempos, <laughs> the word i'm looking for it's getting late yeah. man um yeah. solar tempos but still with an emphasis on hooks and songwriting um i would recommend people check it out but thank you yeah so uh you ready to call it
1: yep All right. thank go you for go. uh thank you for talking with me larry
0: uh thanks for doing it with me man
1: uh oh, you're I welcome i've
0: had some technical issues so i appreciate your patience and uh, everything of course else. i'm learning this as i go
1: so i appreciate it man you did great Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I am a dad. I'm a good one. <laughs> All right. All
0: right. That's one down. Thanks to Jason for sitting and chatting with me for a little bit. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Larry underscore Bleachmouth. Facebook at Bleachmouth Postscript. Our website is Bleachmouth.MKUltraZine.com, and you can email us at BleachmouthPS at Gmail.com. Thanks for checking in and uh, take care. Bye.